Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. In this podcast, we speak to the GSLP Liberal candidates Leslie Brusson and Nigel Feetham. What's the ambiente like in the hustings at the moment? We also hear from GSD candidates Joel Ladislaus and Craig Sagarello. What are their motivations for getting into politics? And we hear from Robert Vasquez, who's launched his manifesto using the acronym FACTS, which stands for Fairness, Accountability, Community, Transparency and Stability. Yes, this is an election podcast as we kick off with the GBC chief executive, James Nish, who's here to tell us how GBC Television, Radio Gibraltar and GBC's online platforms are going to cover the general election. Jonathan Scott, good afternoon. It was good to be sitting here to do a cameo appearance in your opening sequence today. So a pleasure to be on, on the programme. Uh, it's a very, very busy time for GBC. It's a very busy time for the candidates, for the election agents, and I think for the community who expects almost GBC to be part of the democratic process. It's important for us to be able to uh, showcase all the candidates. As you mentioned on Viewpoint last night, we sort of kick-started the campaign, although the campaign proper really starts from Monday. That's when the guidelines that we've issued to election agents starts to apply. And, and, when I, and that's just to ensure that our coverage is 100% fair. Yes, fairness and accountability. They are solid rules, not rules that everybody agrees with all the time, but there has to be a set of a structure and rules. So, for example, we issue this as a document. So when we say these are the debates, these are the guidelines, these are the topics, and these are the number of candidates you can send to each programme. So all that is set out in a very extensive document, which was open to consultation with all sides before the final version. And that's also been sent and discussed with the GRA, who are the regulatory body in Gibraltar, to make sure that it adheres to the Broadcasting Act. Uh, so all that is written down. And also yesterday, and I'll get back to the question of at the centre of uh, the whole coverage, but yesterday we held the draw with election agents and representatives, because I think it's important for our viewers and our listeners to understand that GBC provides, for example, electoral broadcasts. So we provide the airtime. We don't choose where each party then places their candidates. So, for example, with electoral broadcasts, we've gone 10 to the GSLP Liberals, 10 to the GSD, and 1 to the Independent. Basically, one per candidate. Sure. They draw for those slots. So when you see, for example, two days in a row at 8.30 at night or two days in a row at 12.30 on radio, that is the luck of the draw. And that has been held fairly and squarely in the presence of all the election agents. Okay, and um, to, to state the obvious, that the reason for um, for being so meticulous and careful is because the role of the public broadcaster is not to take sides in any shape or form, but to make sure that the candidates who are wanting to be members of parliament and, and maybe form government, that they have the best possible chance of um, using Radio Gibraltar and GBC Television and our online platforms to communicate and, um, and get across their ideas. Correct, but it's also our role, I suppose, as a public service broadcaster to ensure that when it comes to debates and discussions, that issues that they might bring to the table 
are scrutinised adequately. I think one of the big differences, and we were talking about GBC being at the centre of the coverage, there is a lot on social media. I think social media plays, obviously, a huge role in the election campaign as well, but it's very different to the public service broadcaster. The majority of the stuff you get on social media... I would call it public relations because it comes from one side or the other. If you want to see the home of where the candidates are going up face-to-face against each other, where those ideas, where those policies are coming under scrutiny from each other, from the other side, is on GBC, on radio and television. And I I know because I've been part of the conversations in the newsroom, the, the journalists will try to ask questions that people who are the public... Mm-hmm. that they are asking and want answers on. Because as you say, um, our role is to give a platform to all sides, equal uh, platform to all sides, but also to ensure that the electorate is well informed when it comes to the 12th of October. OK, so it all starts on, on Monday. We've got um, television and radio programmes. How are you dividing them up? So uh, we've increased the number of debates compared with um, the last election. And again, one of the rules that we've implemented as part of the guidelines uh, this time round is that all the candidates will need to appear on at least one radio programme and on at least one television programme. So basically, in essence, what that means, and I am not for a minute suggesting that there are any weak candidates out there, but it doesn't allow a party to hide away a candidate if that would be part of a plan from one of the sides. So they all get the chance to be on one. It's up to them to decide whether they're going to send their candidate to a debate, to a question and answer session, or to an interview programme. That is their choice. Sure. But what we are saying in the rules is everybody has to come to at least one radio and one TV programme. We're actually just hot off the press, um, Jonathan, uh, looking at uh, printing a guide for for people. I'm just going to show you very briefly if you're watching on GBC television. Excuse the typos because we're still working on it. And basically we're just going to issue this uh, online, perhaps print some flyers next week. We just want people to know exactly where everything sits, you know, where they can tune in to listen, where they can tune in to watch. Of course, one of the big differences for us this year is your programme, Gibraltar Today, which at the last election did not exist and was not a radio-visualised programme. So that also opened up the conversation to would electoral broadcasts sit between 1 and 2. That's why they sit at 12.30 and 2, so that they can be exclusive radio content. So we've got exclusive radio content, exclusive television content, and then content we you share for both radio and television. All right. Um, any Anything else that you wanted to cover, James? I think we've more or less ticked the main boxes. Yeah, I think we've ticked the main boxes. Just uh, really looking forward to it all starting as from Monday with the first of the debates. Um, one of the things I think will be quite easy for people to follow and understand is that uh, on Radio Gibraltar, Mondays and Fridays, are your debate days, Tuesdays are your questions days. So there's a pattern, you'll see a pattern emerge. And that's when we need questions from the public. From the public, that will be next Tuesday. Uh, Again, decided by draw of where the parties go, where the independent goes. And as far as television is concerned, Monday night is your debate night, as well as Wednesdays. And then Thursdays is our special programming, the viewpoint slot, which next Thursday, very, very exciting, kicks off with the leaders in the spotlight, where an audience will have a chance to put their questions to Keith Asoparde and Fabian Picardo. That's live from the John oh, McIntosh like Hall. And we'll give more details next week. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Good afternoon to two gentlemen who are contesting their first general election as 
candidates. I know that um, uh, for you, Leslie, it's it's yep. not the first time you're doing a, a general uh, election because you've uh, you've been a, an election, election agent. agent before. Uh, how, how does it differ? Well, as an the work is 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 the same basically, uh, but it's totally different being on the other side of the fence, so to speak. Uh, being election agent, you you're with the the with the candidates all along, and uh, now it's you who has to be on this side. So for somebody who's meeting you for the first time, because um, Nigel Feetham was on uh, Viewpoint night. last night, he, he's he's had one or two other television appearances in recent weeks and months. Uh, for somebody who's meeting you now for the first time, uh, give us a, a quick summary of who Leslie Brusson is. Quick summary. Okay, so I was born in 1973. I went through the local schooling system in 1995. Thanks to the abolition of the point system, I was able to go to the UK to study. I returned in the U- I returned in 1998 with my BA honours in business administration. Uh, when I got back to Gibraltar, I joined the family business. My dad had his practice, uh, accountancy and auditing. And that kind of like spanned the next 20 years of my life. Uh, I was working in the family business. I was doing other stuff uh, uh, as well. One, uh, meeting people. So one person who I, who I worked with, for example, was, was Jonathan Sanieto, thanks to whom I am, or well, thanks to whom at the time I then became a member of the Liberal Party. Uh, I also spent some time working in the port with the Benyaber family. So that carried on. Uh, in the background, I was always very keen in charity work. I was one of the, or I've been one of the trustees of Women in Need for many years, from the days of the late Claire Borrell. Uh, I was one of the two original founding men, members of Akin, Association for Kids in Need, through which we went to Tanzania on a number of occasions to help there in the orphanages uh, and so on. I was one of the original founding members of Gypsams. And today I do quite a lot of work with a local charity called Mindspace, dealing with mental health, wellness and so on, especially with the, with the younger children. So, after... Varied background, and you haven't yet mentioned your well, um, I'm, work I'm, with I'm, the health I'm, authority. I'm, I'm going to that now. <laughs> uh, so after 20 years, I decided that it was time for a change, a very radical change. And I went from from working in an office, eight to ten hours a day, to joining the Gibraltar Ambulance Service. I faced, first joined, like most people, as an ACA, and over the coming two years, myself and three other colleagues worked our way up to emergency medical technicians. Uh, I became a shop steward pretty early on, later on a convener for the union, uh, and now I find myself here. And what's your motivation for taking the step forward and getting involved in frontline politics? Not just helping the party, but actually putting your name forward. And and now, you know, you're, you're, over the next three weeks, I'm sure that you'll be, um, you, you, there'll be a battle of ideas and you'll have to wage that battle. Well, the reason for me being here, basically, is, uh, again, after so many years of working behind the scenes and, and my, my, my work with, with, with the people for charity through the ambulance, through the convener role and the union, it seemed like the next natural step. I love working with people. I like I love talking to people and interacting with them and helping them. 
And so for me, it seemed like the next natural step. Okay, let me bring in Nigel Feetham, um, who's also a, a candidate for the GSLP Liberals. Uh, Mr. Feetham, how are you? How is the ambient there at the moment? We know that yesterday there was um, some heckling at Glasses, um, but you were there, and, and and you seem to be enjoying it. I mean, not the heckling. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, your part in that, but but more generally. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm enjoying this thoroughly. Jonathan, I'm really excited. Um, it's my first general election. I've been working very closely with Fabian. Fabian brings huge energy and enthusiasm to this election, and I'm really seeing this on a, on a daily basis. I mean, he's been doing two press conferences a day from the very, very beginning. He's been insisting that all colleagues put maximum effort into this, which which I love because I'm, I'm passionate and I'm extremely hardworking. You've asked about Hastings. Hastings is an essential part of any election campaign. The GSLP have always done hustings and have always, always engaged in hustings in, in, in every single estate. We've had a great reception so far. We've been to Varobeg, uh, Mid Harbors, we've been to Glasses, we were in Laguna yesterday. There was some heckling. The heckling were from young, young youngsters, I think, uh, underage underage um, children. Uh, I mean, it doesn't bother me, Jonathan. I've been around for a very long time. I, I remember when I was a young child, I did I participated in my first hustings with the GSLP when the when the GSLP was first uh, set up, uh, and uh, that election in that election was well, that election was in 1980. Joe Bosano was elected as, as the sole candidate for the GSLP, and I remember doing that 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 hustings. So that doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Uh, curiously, because today there's a letter in the Gibraltar Chronicle newspaper about uh, the Janito language, uh, a lot of those addresses are made in Spanish stroke Janito, no? Y yes, and, and historically, historically, Jonathan, the GSLP way of doing hustings is very much the Joe Bosano way. Uh, and if anything that I learned from Joe Bosano is my philosophy around the need to have strong public finances in Gibraltar, and I lead a very ordinary lifestyle. In fact, some people say that I'm pretty frugal in the way that I, uh, that I conduct my own personal life. Uh, and the other thing is to campaign in an election, and if you're going to be speaking to the people uh, in estates that are traditionally GSLP estates, then you speak in the Janito Spanish language, because that is the best way to engage with them. And you think that that traditional stronghold that, that you say has been a stronghold, I think others think the same. Is that still a stronghold? Is the heckling a minority? No, but the heckling, the heckling, it wasn't a heckling from adults, as far as I could see. It was a small group of, can I say, children. Uh, and it was... I think they pulled they pulled the uh, you know the microphone plug at the end of my speech. So I did my speech as I usually do on behalf of the party in every single estate, and they pulled the plug, and then there was you know some chanting going on. It really doesn't bother. It really doesn't bother us as a party. Uh, and you know Fabian was very light heart hearted about it. We've had a great reception in every estate that we've engaged with people. These are people that have historically and traditionally been GSLP supporters that are coming to us saying they will vote for us. In yeah. fact, they've actually come out stronger in support for the GSLP Liberal Alliance. When we've announced our candidature, uh, when the GSD have announced theirs, and since 
you know, yesterday in particular, since the view vote, the viewpoint program yesterday, we've had a swell of support okay. by WhatsApp and L on social media. L let me ask you a question because you've referenced the, your GSLP roots, yes. but, but but you haven't talked about <laughs> the fact that you were a member of the GSD. I think a member mm -hmm. of the GSD executive uh, for for a while as well. I'm happy to I'm happy to address that. You must understand, Jonathan, that Danny and I grew up together. We were always very close as children. We were inseparable. So therefore, when certain events happened, which you're aware of, most people in Gibraltar would be aware of, I decided clearly to support my brother. I never stood against the GSLP. I could have stood against the GSLP with the Labour Party or with the GSD. I never did that. So, so my you were helping firmly, your brother, but... My roots are firmly okay. with the GSLP. I grew up with the GSLP family. If you go to GSLP... Uh, sorry, I'm going to have to stop you just to bring in Leslie because we are uh, fairly short for time. Yeah, sure. your, 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 your roots are GSLP, no? Um, um, Leslie, I've been asked yeah. to ask you if, if you knew... When did you know you were going to stand for election? Uh, because uh, I'm told that you were encouraging Unite members. You've mentioned your role there as convener. You're encouraging Unite members to vote for a yes on the public sector pay ballot. Um, was there a conflict of interest there? And if so, how did you manage it? Okay, so uh, working as a convener in the hospital, we had an office there and people would come to cast their votes. Uh, it wasn't my decision uh, to, to, to back the, the, the yes. It was a Unite decision. Unite, the union, advised its members to vote yes and to back the 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 pay offer that was on the table. Uh, my job there was to inform people about o the United position. Offer was no, no. The main thing was because very many people were coming in and they knew that there was a pay offer, but they weren't exactly sure of what it was about. So my job and and there's about five people in the office at, at any given time was to inform people about what the pay offer entailed for this year and for the following financial year. Uh, to give Unite's position, which is, of course, as we know, uh, to recommend the the the, yeah, uh, the, 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 the public sector the, pay right. pay offer. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was up to each individual, whatever you know, whether it was a yes or no. Okay, uh, let me ask you for a, a final question. What ideas, and and in very short, if you don't mind, um, a sentence or two, literally, uh, what ideas are you going to be championing? Uh, you in particular, which ones are you particularly? Um, looking forward to championing over the next three weeks. <laughs> okay, over the next three weeks. I mean, there's there's two issues which which I'm very very fond of. Uh, one is sport, and the other one is mental health. Uh, and I think that they both combine very very well together. We've got superb facilities nowadays, sporting facilities, and I think that we've got to start working on developing the younger generations, uh, and of course mental health plays a big part yeah. of it. Yeah, and, and as, as you say, they do go hand in hand, don't yeah. they? And, and and Mr. Featham? Well, I, I mean, I've been saying this, Jonathan, for over 18 months. I'm passionate about the need to grow the economy of Gibraltar, and I'm passionate about the need to create employment, educational and training opportunities for young people. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Craig Saccarello and Joel Ladislaus have joined us in the studio. They are uh, candidates for the Gibraltar Social Democrats. We hardly ever say that anymore. It's GSD, isn't it? Um, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. How's the campaigning going for you guys? 
Hi there, good afternoon, Jonathan. Absolutely loving it. Um, it's it's all admin-based at, at this stage, but now it really gets going when we start to have the interviews go out to the public and the bit that I really relish, which is speaking to people. Thoroughly enjoy that. So this is where we get going. OK, and... Um Yourself, Miss yes, Ladislaus. I'm, I'm excited to to get going now. Um, I, my favourite part, uh, just like like for Craig, um, is is getting out onto the streets, um, speaking to people, um, asking what their issues are, and and trying to explore solutions. And you both come into this knowing what a general election entails because you were there in 2019. That's right, we were. So suckers for punishment, or <laughs> what, what? What is your motivation? For me, um, I've always wanted to see more women in politics. Um, I said it at the last election, um, and I continue saying that now. Um, and it's important that, um, that we get the representation in Parliament and that that's equal, or as equal as we can get it. So for me, it was always, um, it was always a big f- factor. Are we I heading? To change. Are we heading in that direction, do you think? I think we are. I think we are. Um, I mean, we've got three female candidates this election. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, also, the GSLP have two female candidates. Um, I, I think that um, we're moving towards it. More needs to be done. Okay, and uh, and yourself, uh, Mr. Sacarello, what's your motivation for um, running again this time? Well, politics is entwined in everything we do. Uh, for me personally, it was injustices. If I could put a, a finger on on the main one, uh, I've I've been exposed to some myself, but more importantly, I've heard a whole load of um, a whole litany of uh, of injustices from from the public starting back in my days with the GFSB for example where people would write in and say that they were um uh, exposed to unfair practices in the tender process where where people were being given preferential treatment over them um so that's less value for money for the taxpayer to for example in the last election you mentioned that we we were present at where I went around viral bag and uh, I spoke uh, to a lady who sadly broke down in tears um, in one of the houses when she was talking about her two adult children, her two adult sons having to live with her um, and their kids sleeping on the sofa in, in the, li- the living room. And then ranges of things you probably know, so you may not be aware of your sons, for example, or children, um, will not have uh, dental checkups, for example. It's just something as simple as preventative. It no longer exists. They can only go now. And all of these, uh, if, if they have a toothache, sorry, or, or they need an extraction. Um, but all of these things are because of the government's mismanagement of our finances. They don't happen by coincidence. It's not a bad, bit of bad luck. It's not down to COVID. There's a litany and a whole stream of reasons where they've mismanaged. For example, £4 million spent on the park, 1. 1.1, uh, 1.3 million spent on the maintenance of um, Parsons Lodge, 1.1 million spent on, on, a, on renting a school when we have our own buildings, and which they've asset stripped over time. So there's a whole load of financial mismanagement, which has led to the de- decrease in the quality of our lives. That is why I'm here, and those are the people I want to... Workful. I'm sure those will be issues that uh, that the GSLP Alliance will will respond to you, and you'll you'll sort of have a battle of ideas in the coming uh, days and and weeks. Uh, you've mentioned the previous election there. I, I, I have to point out to you, I suppose that you were um, donning different colours uh, four years ago with Together Gibraltar. 
Um, how do you manage the transition and what would you say to somebody who thinks that ideologically it's a difficult step that you've taken? I think that's a fair question. I, I don't shirk away from it. I also highlight that there's a, there's a whole load of people and politicians, present and former, in, in my shoes. So I don't think I'm different in that sense. Uh, in terms of the philosophy, I don't think it's too different. I haven't changed the, the one or two key issues which I think have been parked now. But I don't think um, philosophically we are that far apart. They both were progressive, both were looking for, for, for the change that Jib needs um, and the opportunity arose. And I felt that the responsibility, the weight of the responsibility on my shoulders to go for it. And if I can ask the same question for Ms. Ladislas, or a similar question, uh, you were at the 2019 election, you, you weren't elected ultimately. Um, what makes you think that it could be different this time? Um, everywhere I go at the moment, um, I hear that there's a massive need for change. Um, Gibraltar is very much at a crossroads at the minute, um, and and that need need for change is is becoming ever more obvious. Um, I think I do have the skills, um, the skill set that which I've gained in my own um, line of employment um, as a lawyer. I'm a litigator, um, and I think I do have the skill set to to bring about that change that needs to happen so desperately, and more so um, to also pay attention to everyone across our society, not just those at the top, but everyone. And, I'm, and you're going to hear me saying this time and time again during these elections, because for me that's a very big deal. Um, I deal with a lot of people um, in my line of work um, who are they're, they're just shunned, they're, they're set aside, um, and, and it's, it's the poorer in our society who, who have the worst um, impact of everything that's going on at the minute. So um, I'm here to to be their voice. And what skills do you, do you refer to when you say that you're a litigator, that you're a lawyer? How do those skills translate, do you think, into being um, ready to enter frontline politics? Well, for, for, for the, the first and the foremost thing, I think, for me, is um, it's listening, um, which is something that this government doesn't seem to do very well um, because they're not listening to, to their civil servants. Um, for uh, Just a good example, um, the GHA, there's low morale. Um, they're not listening to their experts in, within that, um, and they weren't in 2019, and they're still not. And that's just one example of many. Um, so listening is, is a big skill. Um, also, just speaking to people generally. Um, and, and I think... I think I do have that because of my line of work. Um, it's also exposing me to many different areas, which means that um, that politics, by its nature, um, is, is like that. It you'll you'll need to to pick up different areas as you go along, um, and you'll need to be able to to deal with them and to find solutions. And you, that's you, part of my work. You've both mentioned sort of uh, you know that there's uh, uh, there are people in the community who want change. And I've heard some of those people who want change also express frustration uh, at the fact that the GSD has been, in their eyes, less visible in recent days since the election was called compared to the GSLP Liberals who have been, for example, out doing their hustings already. They've been holding daily press conferences. What would you say by way of reply to, to those people? Well... I'm quite happy to take that. Um, I, I think that it's, uh, it, like Keith says, it is the, a long game. It's more, more of an 800-metre sprint, I think. We don't need to go all out from the start. Um, but w what we were focusing on was getting things right, getting our campaign right, working on our manifesto, working on our own individual areas. And now people, thank, we thank you for your patience, but now you'll start seeing us being a lot more vocal and specific about our policies. OK, and what in particular are each of you looking forward to championing um, ministries or ideas that you're really going to pour energy into in the next three weeks? 
I am extremely um, passionate. I've always been uh, about social policy. Um, again, it's something that I do uh, deal with a lot in, in my work. Um, I do family law. I, I, I dabble in, in criminal law. Um, but but I, I will lend myself to whatever ministry is, is required of me. Um, I will do whatever needs to be done in order to, to affect positive change. Um, my skill set is such that, that I can be flexible enough um, to move around within those. Um, and I, for one, think that, for example, the health service needs a very big shake-up. From, from, from my perspective, Jonathan, um, I, the, there's certain areas that I, I do have my strengths in. At the end of the day, it's up to you, Keith, to decide. Um, if and when we get in, which hopefully we will. But what I would like to say is that I have a very firm philosophy on, on the management of a ministry. I don't think ministers should have direct hands-on in, in involvement. I believe that we should be setting up innovative policies, which include streamlining um, processes, making sure that red tape is uh, is reduced to provide a better product for for the civil for sorry for the public so in other words providing the civil service with a framework and helping them assisting them in doing their job as best they can so that they enjoy their jobs and they feel proud of providing the service to the public that's what a minister is is uh, is about Okay, and um, and the GBC is running a story today. It was a, a big sort of talking point, has been for the past 24 hours. Um, your your colleague, Yusuf Elhana, has apologised to Gibraltar's Jewish community for what he said was offensive language that he used on his social media pages. Can I just ask you guys as, as running mates, um, uh, how's the mood? Um, ha have you got anything to say on, on that topic? Yeah, I think all, all, all types of um, racial... Um uh, hatred, if if you can use that that phrase, is is abhorrent and and absolutely should you know Gibraltar has no place for it. Um, either what I what I do think is that we should be looking at developing a sense of uh, of community, making sure that we're all together. We've got to be very careful about di dipping, you know, going further than dipping into this and, and it becoming a massive issue and escalating out of control. So I think a little bit of common sense and responsibility is in order here. But absolutely, Gibraltar has no space for that type of talk. Sladislas? I think Yusuf has put forward um, a heartfelt apology. I do think he means it. Um, my, my interactions with Yusuf have always been respectful. Um, I come from a very diverse um, family. Um, I, my children are biracial, um, and as, as my colleague says, um, there is no room for, for division in Gibraltar. Um, and, and I honestly believe that, um, that Yusuf wants that also, that, that, that there is that togetherness that Gibraltar has always been um, so popular for. So um, I wouldn't say famous, but, but we've always been so well known for. Um, and I think that we will continue um, on that road. Okay, and in and in literally one sentence, can I ask each of you why pe why you think people should place an X next to your names? Well, I think um, Gibraltar is a small place with an intelligent electorate. I think that they know exactly where we are and where we need to go, and I think that they sh I believe that they should vote for someone they can trust, trust with their money, trust with their sovereignty, and trust with their children's future. Um, I will always champion um, the weak. The, the voiceless in our community. Um, for me, um, and I'll say it again and again, integrity, transparency and sincerity um, stand at the very heart of what I, I do. Um, and you're always going to get those three values with me if you put that cross beside my name. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott.
Our next guest is the only independent candidate in this election. Good afternoon to Robert Vasquez, who has published his manifesto. Um, Mr. Vasquez, in it you say what we have now is a half-hearted attempt at democracy. Why do you say that? Uh, first, um, thank you very much for inviting me and hello to everybody. Why do I say that? I say that precisely because our voting system gives us all 10 votes and we have established over many years what was not originally envisaged in an elections where parties' names were not included for many years uh, into a party system. That means that we end up with people having 10 votes and having essentially translating them into one vote for a chief minister and his ministers. That means that there is no division, there's no separation of powers between those who legislate, in other words, our parliament, and the government. So the government can steamroll whatever laws it wants through parliament. It can steamroll through parliament whatever expenditure it wants. It can steamroll through parliament whatever public borrowings it wants. And that all detracts from democracy. You call it an elected dictatorship? Correct. Um, I find that absolutely correct. It is an elected dictatorship which is only um, uh, circumscribed every four years at an election. And even then, we have huge amounts of years where one party or the other rules over us. And we get to situations where we have public finances in a mess, we get situations where public borrowings are in an affordable level. We get to situations where, you know, democracy and electoral reform and parliamentary reform is happening. What a coincidence. Suddenly now, the GSLP Liberals, who have had 12 years in government now and a lot more years in eight years when they were there with mr bosano's chief sir joe bosano's chief minister now they're saying that they're going to set up a select committee to look at constitutional reform well look come on let's grow up they haven't done it the chief minister you'd like him to have less power how do you think that could be achieved no i don't think that the the Le less uh, control, sorry. You said you've called yeah. for less control in your uh, manifesto for the uh, chief minister. Exactly. That, because a, a, a government and a chief minister can only govern in accordance with the law. A law is passed in Parliament. So as soon as we have a proper separation of powers, there is more oversight of what a chief minister and his minister does. And that is a constitutional reform that we need desperately in Gibraltar. And if I am elected, I accept I'm only one voice, but I will be a voice in Parliament trying to push electoral and parliamentary reform, which I have been pushing for for the last 40 years and writing about on, online in my blog for 10 to 20 years. And yet they don't do it, despite their promises to do it. So you get one voice into Parliament that can push it through.
you'd like um, very very quickly you'd like political donations to be disclosed you'd like to um, see more effort made to fight corruption and enshufaus uh you 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 deal your, your manifesto is quite wide ranging i was um, i was in some ways surprised because i know that you're, you're you're really sort of concentrating on facts fairness accountability community transparency and stability but then you also talk about um all areas of government health and social services mental health um, health is always a really big one. Give us, in one sentence or two, how you think the health system could be improved. Well, um, you know, the manifesto, despite that I concentrate on certain issues, is extremely wide-ranging. Um, but the reason for that is because, obviously, I'm standing for election into Parliament, and Parliament deals with everything, not just with what I wanted to deal uh, despite that I will push for those primary things. But the health service just needs revamping. It needs to be looked at professionally. It needs to be um, uh, provide, deal with the complaints that there are, that we keep hearing over and over and over again. I have to say one thing, that I am now deaf in one ear and I only have 30 or 40% hearing left in my other ear. And I've relied on the Gibraltar Health Authority to help me with that. And they have actually been brilliant to me, but I do see a lot of people complaining. So whilst my experience is excellent, I'd like to be able to do something about the experience of others, which is not so good. Um, it is a difficult area, you know. But the unfortunate thing that we also have now is that our public finances have been completely decimated. We've overspent, we've overborrowed, and there's going to be very little money for most people to do things, and that is sad. If I may, just uh, one final question. You, you contested the 2019 election. What makes you think that you'll do better this time? Um, look, a, a, the, the, the whole electoral system and the whole campaigning system is, 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 is geared against one individual independence getting elected. I think the main reason that I stand is that I do get some exposure. I do try and push for change. And to some degree, even if I'm not elected, that push for change has an effect on the two main parties and we achieve that change. But I, I, if I do get elected, I can carry that on in Parliament. And that is what I want. And I think one person can do that. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.